Welcome, reanimated fans. I'm H.A. Conrad. Welcome to this week's episode. I am here, as always, in Brooklyn, along with my co-host, who is on the West Coast, and it's very early where he is, Stuart Tiffin. Thanks for waking up so early, Stuart. No problemo, second cup of coffee. Yeah, I need clearly more, and I've had a couple already. Um, but today, we are we have a couple of news items, um, but then we are going to talk about the first couple of episodes from The Walking Dead World Beyond, and uh, I have some really, some thoughts, um, but why don't we, we jump into the, the few news items, and you know, there's some normal stuff here because it's near Halloween, so these things, these listicles sometimes come up, yep. uh, but number one on the list, I saw you threw in uh, Best Zombie Films of All Time. Yep, and Wire. Mm-hmm. And we've watched quite a few of these, um, and I'm, you know, I, I have a couple of thoughts, but I mean, obviously, 28 Days Later is in there, um, and, you know, there's there's some of our, our greats in there, definitely. you got some Romero, you got some Wreck, uh, yep. you've, got, you know, you've got your Trains to Busan, your Cemetery Men's, but there's still, there's still HA, and it kind of pains me to say it, a couple on these lists that we haven't seen. Anybody's top so twenty list it. of zombie movies should have. We should have seen every one of them. And so, yeah. Well, look, I would say that these shift, and what yeah. I kind of like about these listicles, and part of why we keep bringing them up, is that there's always a few po- like obscure ones or things that I just didn't know about that pop up on them, and it makes me happy because that means we have more fodder to discuss. So, and it's I also say, great to see new arrivals like Little Monsters make the lists. Yeah, like, yeah, totally, and also Train to Busan. I mean, yeah. and, you know, especially in terms of this genre, I would say the diversity of the countries that they're coming from is pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, so I say we add a few of these that we haven't seen to our list and uh, we will we will check those off later. Um, but um, next, I you know, before we get into the next one, which I think should lead in, um, let's talk about. Uh, so Mia Jovovich is going to be in this new movie called Monster Hunter, and it is big, so big and bad, and it's it's like a Paul W S Anderson uh, creation. And both of us watched this, and I will admit, I also was like, "What man? This looks very Michael Bay like um, in just how massive some of the effects are." You you were the you you brought that out too, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> This is based on a video game that I haven't played that does have that kind of scale. Like it's you versus it's a tiny little person versus giant creatures, right? Mm. So maybe some of that is you have that. That's just the scale that comes with the the territory. But whoa, these are these are definitely. I felt like some definite Transformers vibes watching this. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's going to be look. It is it is what it is. But I'll watch her in any, anything. So. I'm cool. I'll take a I'll take a peek at this when it comes out. And they're actually releasing it in theaters, so I wonder if they're also going to do an online format pretty shortly thereafter. So we'll see. Um, and then lastly, um, we because we are going to do a recap of World Beyond, um, at least the couple the first couple of episodes. There was um, obviously a lot of. Um, you know, tearing like analysis and and summaries and things like that of these episodes. And you found this mm-hmm. thing about, um, you know, some of the issues with it. So I just figured because it's October, because we're not, it's not often that we get so many articles out there. Screen Rant has one plot holes from The Walking Dead that are confusing and make no sense. And a lot of these are, well, buddy, you got to put some suspension of disbelief out there to watch a show about zombies. Right. So right. let's let's try and get on board because there's are things like the decay rate. Right. Uh, and 
Yes. Seasonal effects, yes. I mean, this is something straight out of World War Z. You go north mm-hmm. so that they freeze, so that you're safer, so that you can you know, hunt them down when they're cold. But guess what? You know what? The Prime Show did address this in the mm-hmm. end of season whatever it was, nine, when they're running away, from, when the kingdom is getting shut down and they have to go through the blizzard and they run into some frozen zombies. And so, yeah, right. asked and answered. Uh, mobility, they're too, is, they, they move too well, I guess, is the problem. Oh, because of their brain, everything should be breaking down. See point one of decay, and I'm sorry, you have to suspend that. Their numbers, there's too many of them. Again, this like once you uh, once you uh, set aside some of the earlier problems that Screen Rant has with these with the way that The Walking Dead works, most of the subsequent points also then have to be put by the wayside. Um, Right. But, but one that I do agree with that does not sometimes it does sometimes come up, but more in like a macabre way is bugs. Yeah. Like, why aren't they getting eaten up by by uh, maggots and just like turned into like the way that people get broken down is I mean, the fact that they're moving would make that harder. But uh, and there is a pretty interesting bug scene in the second episode of The World yeah. Beyond that we can <laughs> That we can talk about. And I actually, I thought that was pretty good, actually. Um, Though I thought it was going to turn out a slight, like, possibly a different way. Um, But, um, you know, but let's, like, I say let's jump into this and we can tear our own holes into this particular, (laughs) um, this particular creation. So we had been anticipating this for a while and both of us were slightly skeptical just in terms of the trailers and things and um, I am sad to say that I think that my fears were realized in this though I obviously will give it a chance and I'm going to obviously watch it probably through at least uh, for this and um, basically the premise of this for those of you who don't remember this is set 10 years past basically um, you know sort of the initial zombocalypse or whatever whatever you want to say and the it's set in so what we can draw is that 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 this and this just shows up right away this is not the same uh world that rick grimes and others have been dealing with in terms of like the survival piece they figured out the survival piece at least in this part they're living on a college campus it's very there's there's a yeah there's a lot there that i would like to understand better yeah because because as they describe the way that these civilizations work like this is not the crm the three circles people but they're Mm -hmm. allies of the three circles people this is like college campus village or something uh how how did they like meet the the circles people and what how were they not being overrun just because they're on a college campus does not i'm sorry does not explain why they wouldn't have been overrun like every other place and not just not overrun but not dealing with all the things that rick and company and all the other little bands of survivors have been dealing with it's just like infighting and other groups and that kind of thing it's sort of like somehow they don't ever talk about that or you know and there is some there's some implication that they their um, allyship with CRM is tenuous and not a ton of trust there that they're trying, I guess. And they also make reference to another um, survivor's enclave in Omaha. 
and so and and so there's a lot of mysteries here but the big thing that they're trying to get you to take away is that this is not this is more of a settled world survival has just become the norm but they figured it out so they have power they have like different things that they do like for example if people are sick like there is a um, woman who is dealing with looks like emphysema or some CPOD thing so she's on oxygen or whatever Um, again where the oxygen come from Um, but you know they have like a thing set up so that if they happen to die they don't take out everybody. That was a really nice detail. And you know what? I would say that this is something that other people should have figured out how to do long ago, including in Rick's camp, because we have seen that used as a trope so many times, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of liked that little detail, and I liked some of the things that they they built up. And, you know, they also have um, a school for the children, and, like, they. I, I like how they're talking about, you know, there there are things to do with research and science and trying to make a make a go of it in this world and try to figure out a cure still but and, the way people are dressed and the way they yeah. kind of carry themselves and their their concerns that they have which are about things like signs and you know the discussions that they have it feels very much like i'm totally blanking on the name but the governor's society where they were wearing oh, yeah, like definitely. picnic outfits what was, what was that town called Oh, God, why don't I remember it? I just don't. Sorry. Uh, ah. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I think every, like anybody listening to this will probably be able to think of, uh, think of it right away. But it feels, a ver- it feels very similar to that, except better organized and without a governor, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that, um, um, that piece of it is sort of like, okay, well... I want to know some of these details. We're nerds. And assuming that other people watching this, especially the diehards, are going to want to know these things too. Like all the textiles, all the outfits that they have are a little too clean, too neat. How do you make those things? Did you just find a school uniform? Um, like, 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 did you find that? Did you somehow? Because so much of it is sort of like you wouldn't have the capability, the manpower, the industry, like to um, even power period to be making some of this stuff and to have some of the things that they have on this campus. But again, you have to suspend disbelief a little bit. So this is the world they're creating. And, you know, but still those things are, are a little bit weird. Yes, there is there is a, a wall and a gate uh, that we see in the very one of the very first scenes of the first episode. You have Hope getting underneath the bus while Iris, her sister, is in the bus and and. Uh, <laughs> Hope has a pretty close call with a walker, like almost right outside their wall. So it right. isn't like they're completely divorced from the idea of contact with zombies. But later on in this episode, we we see that they really have no idea, really, how to handle them, despite the fact that they well, have a security force who's trying to teach them how to. Well, and I will tell you that scene bothered me tremendously because what, Hope under the bus. Yeah, yeah, because there's like she could clearly hook it up. She just didn't. Yeah. It's stupid. And it's also like you're going to so they do have like a respect for it. um, But this is a group that has been kept safe. We do find out later that some of them have had training. Um, Hope's been secretly training. Unclear why it was secret. Um, And so like you've you've got the thing that this is their reality and they have grown up knowing this. But again, there's a lot of like like weird things about it to me that. I don't think that these people don't seem like a Judith, basically. And even Judith sometimes does stupid things. But, you know, this is not this is not like basically I kind of feel like they would all know how to handle themselves and the adults would make sure of that. They wouldn't just protect them from this because the reality is that. 
their world is in danger at all times. They're not going to basically leave a resource like that just there to fend for themselves or just yeah. not able to help defend the community. They just the, can't afford yeah. that. So the phrase just, that keeps coming into my head is I forget who said it. Oh, God, my brain. But uh, you get, people like you are supposed to be extinct. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that line? I think it was from the Prime show where somebody yeah. runs into somebody who's just being too nice. And you're like, yeah. no, no, this doesn't make any sense. And this is an entire like, yeah. how many people did they say there were like 9,000 or something? Like a huge number. Yeah, it was. And they, I mean, that was kind of ridiculous. But the ther- yeah, the therapist tells one of the main characters that there's like 9,000 people to choose from or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, and then... So so there's that world that they have built here. And, you know, one of the things I will say just in terms of like, OK, you establish this world. I like how it's sort of passed some of that stuff. So I'm going to, you know, I, I was OK sort of like overlooking some of the holes in the plots about that. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I think bothered me a lot is that one of the Walking Dead, even Fear the Walking Dead, despite some of its flaws, they build these characters in such a way and pretty quickly and you can establish certain things, even if sometimes it's ham handed. And I don't feel like the writing and the character building is here. I feel like it's very shallow and I don't really I don't feel like an effort or at least like care was taken in in making you know who these characters are i mean i think they do very sort of shallow superficial things to build them into the characters that they want you to see but i don't really believe some of the things that are going on with them um, I, I feel like i have a decent handle on hope and iris like yeah but they they've don't... got they've got issues hope is an overachiever they've got their dad who's missing like you, you get a good vibe for that trio. iris is the overachiever not hope. hope is the one under the bus right um a hope yeah, is, is that what I said? No, you said hope is the overachiever. Ah, well. So um, you've got those but, two. They're pretty well figured out. And then you introduce uh, Kublek into the mix. And there's more development and like and actually kind of a fast arc on hope. For, or Iris, rather, going from like, everything's great. I believe in the system. Everything's perfect. To like, oh, man, I don't trust you at all. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, thought, I think that I, that's pretty good. And then you're also, in episode two, you're really starting to get into some development for Felix. Not not so much for Huck yet, uh, but I'm, I'm curious to see where that's going to go. And I'm very excited about the actor playing Huck. She yeah, was in um, She was in uh, The Americans. Um, she was in something else, and she was awesome in that, too. Um, oh, uh, The Romanoffs, which was, you know, if you haven't seen it, her particular episode is very cool. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I just, it felt forced to me, and some of the conflicts and some of the storylines felt a little forced to me, so it didn't feel, I was very bored watching this, um, oh, the okay. first couple of episodes, I just was like, okay, um, because I was kind of hoping they would do some new things with this, and, you know, they don't, um, and, you know, we have these, we have these characters that apparently... This is 10 years past. I feel like they would have figured out some of these things already. I don't buy that they would have been sort of PTSD in it along, especially given that their dad apparently is one of the most brilliant minds here in the compound. I just don't believe that this would be... I don't buy where they are in the storyline in terms of their conflict, I guess. And 
that sort of that just just rain false to me and I guess, but I did think that the idea that their dad had been, because he was so brilliant, had been basically borrowed by CRM to do some research and things like that. I thought that was a good twist. I liked the idea that he's secretly communicating with them and that there is this distrust of CRM. I don't, given how smart Iris is, some of the things that she does, like, and I will say, Juliet Binoche is amazing. She's the main CRM baddie or whatever they are, maybe not baddie, the main sort of person representing them. Everybody else is sort of in their little black outfits, as we expect. Um, I like how CRM is this force that is to be reckoned with, and they show that to you very quickly when they you know show them basically take out the walkers that they've attracted to the little memorial welcome session yeah they definitely um, explain it away well they have like well, don't worry we're gonna make some circles and do some other things to lead them away this won't be a problem we're pretty good at this they just kind of very matter of fact about how they're gonna handle yeah and i like zombies. that there's a stra- i like that there's a strategy they have one it's not it's clear each of them takes just one shot they're so practiced in doing it i thought that was great the things that they try to do with the emotional trauma and stuff like that. I can believe that some people like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't wash in some ways that living in these quarters and especially how hope and Iris communicate with each other. It feels like this stuff would have come out. I don't think they would have kept it from each other. And I don't think their father would have allowed them to do it, you know? Um, but anyway, cause I think he would have viewed it as a detriment to them and, and potentially a danger to their survival. You're talking about the story of how hope Saw her mother to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about who the other person was. Like, come on. What? Um, anyway, so I, I think that it just felt like forced and clunky. But okay, so they they band together because their dad is in danger with CRM. He sends some pretty scary messages to them. The last couple that we see after sending somewhat reassuring messages that everything's going well, and. These are, you know, so, and then it's interesting because they do try to enlist their one kind of ally, Felix, um, to help them. And he's basically like, there's nothing that can be done. And given how much distrust they have, and they say it out loud, and they say it within the hearing of the main CRM woman, um, they, they aren't exactly savvy, you know, like, and I know that they're kids, but they know enough that they are they know that they should be hiding the fact that their dad is communicating with them yet they then let two other people who they really don't know very well in on the secret the two the two gentlemen of this little well that uh, happens quadrangle it does but then it's like they could have said anything else yet continue to talk about it in front of them and they could have kept it really as as much under wraps as they could they did not have to even say what it was um but they did and they immediately like trust them and i didn't buy that um then the crm woman the whole thing is is that you know they say something that they really shouldn't and then she hands them a very like convenient map about where their dad might be and this is sort of her way of gaining their trust she seems untrustworthy she it seems very manipulative and and weird and i don't Given where the message that they just got from their dad, do you think that they would actually trust this person despite this thing? I don't know that they would. And I don't think that they would certainly air that grievance, or at least Iris wouldn't, out in full public. I don't know. So it's it, there's a lot of things in the podcast that I think um, bother me a lot in terms of my sort of believability um, of this of these characters so sure it was a bit of a slow burn and i had some issues with uh with 
just yeah how how green they are especially when they get out there and i i don't love iris's character that much and i kind of hope that she has a swift character arc into something else better um, <laughs> or but, gone no <laughs> and I'm, I'm i'm actually like i'm i like uh the little guy with the corduroy suit i forget his name and I want to like Silas because it sounds like he has a dark history that I want to learn more about. But um, yeah, for, through these two episodes, none of them are super interesting. I guess Hope has the most interesting sort of side to her because she's she's just so, you know, like haunted by her past and the fact that she shot a pregnant lady and... Now yeah. she t- and then she took a bead to care to wear around her neck because she was that kind of child who was just gonna be like shoot a lady and then pick up a bead that she had dropped. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's take let's take a trophy of remembrance. That seems a little um, weird. Elton also, is the, the name uh, of their the, little friend. The set dressing for when they were like walking through the airplane and they run into that zombie on top of a mound of other zombies and he's connected to the oxygen pipes. Yeah. I'm like, who took the time to do this? Oh, it was the production assistants. Yeah, but or the set people but this mm-hmm. is not a natural formation of anything so nope. it just that felt very like wait is this like horror movie within a horror movie is there like a, a mass uh, a maniac here at the moment yeah. no yeah so i, that I thought feel a the weird. same thing i thought the same thing um episode two i thought was a lot better uh, they um with the exception that again the sets i felt like are a little bit disappointing and i I, I did. I did not love the fact that they kind of blindly were like, "We have to go through the blaze or around it," and they end up going basically through it. And I'm like, "You can. You don't have to go. You can go way around it. You don't have to." Like- right. And also that. Okay. So that to me was one of these things. And again, this is. I thought that this show would do something a little different but instead you have yet another group of people tramping to get to somebody else through the wilds like this is sort of like okay when they establish the show as being something beyond i thought it might be something beyond where you could find out more about how society was actually like you know i'm sure there would be a conflict and whatever but this seems like yet another like let's have a let's have a um walkabout <laughs> um and get to the, and they, we've seen this in almost every single show the only difference is, is that these are teenagers and i yeah. agree with you i just think even when this troop of people um elton silas hope and iris are walking through this or deciding to go through this i feel like they would have overruled iris's stupid idea that they should go through it because we hear one of is it iris or is it hope we hear felix talking about losing the sun and they've been trained by him yeah and so seeing how the cloud like you can already see where the smoke is and that it would hurt visibility not just with direction issues but with walker issues which they call empties in this particular uh series um i just think that they wouldn't have made this mistake and i feel like they would have had a compass also well well probably but also i just feel like they would have gone around it this just seems ridiculous yeah um and you know in the summer in the things i do like is that this is a group of people that has not been out that much they have not been killing walkers uh, sort of on a daily basis so this is sort of their learning um learning grounds like the trial period or whatever you want to call it and it's not as easy as they all kind of think um you also have a lot of discussion amongst them about what this is a group of people that didn't really 
know that much or have as like fewer memories of what the world was like before than others do and their memories are from when they were very young so i kind of like the idea that this is new to them being out in the world and trying to figure out how to get through and and they haven't died yet anyway i really like felix's flashbacks in the second episode and yeah. I, I like the fact that they, you know, they have to go with a different actor because, you know, he was probably 15 or 16 then. And now mm-hmm. he's 20 something. And uh, I just liked, I guess they have to do different actors for any of these people in their in their yeah. time before thing. Because it's 10 years when you're young is, is a big, big difference. Uh, but so his story is quite compelling. And I mean, it's a little, tro- it's very tropey, but it's still compelling I enjoyed watching how that uh, developed and how he went back to that house also during the episode. Yeah, and I I personally think that his storyline is the strongest out of I think the entire cast that we've seen. So I mean, it's only um, two episodes. There isn't they're 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 trying to. So I, I hear you. You're saying like there's not enough there's not enough character development, and I'm like, well, they're they're no. they're putting it in where they can. It's just I it's don't think not, there's been a lot of time to do it. It's yet. that it feels like forced character de- development and forced conflict. So mm-hmm. the big reveal that Elton's mom is the same person that that Hope had killed seems just I I laughed when it happened, Wait, not because what, that was a reveal. Uh, what that it was his I mean she mentions that like he mentions that his mom was pregnant and whatever and then they do the whole thing where they make sure that you know that it was his mom that she killed I didn't yeah I didn't even I don't remember that at all it just like went over my head whoa okay (laughs) I thought it was pretty I mean even when he said she was pregnant and never came back you didn't even make that connection I did I don't remember him Uh, saying that at all yeah like when he's because he found the tree house no, it's before when he's getting the Triceratops horn. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was pretty goofy, the whole Triceratops thing. Right, and then he pulls the picture out of the bag and looks at it, and it's his mom. Oh. Oh, maybe you need to rewatch that. Yeah, nope, um, did not connect with that. Anywho, so these things feel very forced to me in terms of the storyline, and clearly that's going to be a conflict down the line and whatever. The reason why I liked Felix's story is because it makes sense, and you, I do love this actor. I think he's doing an incredible job, and that whole thing about him going back to his house I thought was very powerful, and I also like his interactions uh, with Huck, and you, there is a trust there, but not a total trust there because he didn't tell her what he was doing until later but you like i like that whole sort of camaraderie i like his character in general and you know i am he they're following like the signs and then you know hope is actually not really she keeps leaving signs for them to follow which just why don't you just talk to the rest of them and say hey i don't know that this is the best idea i don't know like the whole thing feels a little weird to me um but the things i did like was the exploration of the world as they're as they're going through it um they they're sort of revealing little things about the the way each of them is processing being out there elton's been out there a lot more than the rest of them because he had been sneaking out for a while um, but you know, Hope and Iris hadn't really been killing any any walkers or empties. And Silas, they keep hinting at the fact that he has done something. And I suspect, based upon the few seconds I saw of the next episode, that we get to find out a little bit about that. Um, but 
they you know they there's killed, a they haven't killed any zombies yet no no they basically have lucked out or like, just sort of left them and there is that uh, so that's kind of interesting and iris puked on one and then decided that that was good enough mm-hmm. uh they've come into a they've come they've run into a couple that were like immobile and elton yep. just takes pictures of them there was the one that they spray painted his face silas froze and then eventually uh hope leads it into a swimming pool but also falls in like they are mm-hmm. and, and, and at least they address that they're like wait you want us to go through that mob of zombies and we basically can't deal with one at a time right right i did like the whole thing with the paint because that allows you to identify it to be the same one because in the dark when they're in the treehouse may- yeah. maybe you wouldn't have made that connection so that was pretty good um i also liked the whole beehive zombie idea i thought that was great uh, just because they basically took uh, it was it was weird but it was just definitely like they're like what's wrong with that zombie (laughs) you can tell right away what is going on there Uh, right you can hear it but uh in any case it was i thought that that was a pretty good effect and you know when the zombie's mouth opens and all the bees come out and that kind of thing um i thought that was kind of a like a, a unique take on it which i thought was cool and sort of how you know nature doesn't really care that they're you know, they're, they're just going to take up residence. I think somewhat unlikely that they would take up residence in a mobile walking something, but uh, it's still like a nice little effect. And it makes him, and with the spray painting of him, it makes him identifiable later so that, you know, he's kind of kicking around downstairs of the treehouse. And that is, that is a good, I thought that was a good little interlude there. Um, then, uh, then it goes a little bit downhill because when they decide to go through the whole burning tire thing, the big fire, whatever they want to call it, um, I don't, there's a lot of miscommunication here. There's a lot of dumb decisions. I think they're going to be doing some things and clearly are trying to do some things to try to build these characters up and make them into something that you are like, oh yeah, they're total badasses and they're able to get through anything, but unlikely that they would actually be able to get through this. First of all, the toxicity of this fire, I think would be almost impossible to get through, even for a little while. And they're like sleeping in it. Mm-hmm. What did you True. think about that? I wasn't really thinking about how bad that would be, but yeah, they would have a hard time breathing with all that rubber, burning yeah. rubber smell and smoke. And they do cough a lot once they get through the fence. But I thought it was absurd that they like get through that hole in the fence in a crowd of zombies. The the hole that was clearly it was just a fence that was open, a gate. And they're I like, know. We did it! We made it. I'm like, what are you talking about? There was yeah. an open gate in a crowd of zombies. There's clearly gonna be zombies on the other side of it. What do yeah, you absolutely. what are you thinking? <laughs> I know. Um you just just ridiculous. And and then the whole idea, like, well, one of us could pull this this air horn or whatever and and attract like there's so many flaws to that plan that just seems totally insane in fact like going back seems like still a better plan even though they know the number of empties they have to go through and yet they continue on it is nice that there isn't like a jerk in the group right there's no sheen there's it's very uh there's no like massive liability like a nick right uh, so I, I kind of I kind of do enjoy the the dynamic there, and then even Felix and Huck when if if and when they catch up, unless they did, and I don't remember that part of the episode either. No, they um, haven't yet. <laughs> they seem like good people, right? There isn't there isn't a an internal conflict problem that isn't going to evolve as the show continues. Right. The only one that you're a little bit questioning is about the 
head of CRM, Julia Binoche character. And even that is still a little bit murky because... Yeah, what the hell happened at the end of the pilot? Yeah, so it's unclear whether... I mean, clearly walkers overran the campus, but how did they overrun the campus? And it does feel... Or the other read you could have on it is that they decided to take out the campus, which I don't know if that's true or not, or... But part of me, part of me thought maybe... The CRM woman, and I'm sorry that I keep forgetting this character's name. Kublek, I just don't. or Kublek, or something like that. Um, she, it feels very much like she deliberately gave the um, Iris and Hope the map to get them out of there, and like she actually might know what's going on with their dad and couldn't tell them directly or something like that so wanted them out of there because when they tell her that they couldn't find the girls anywhere she's like yeah so i feel like there was maybe that was maybe a deliberate ruse but hey if you're gonna go that far why don't you just tell them hey guys get out of dodge right Uh, yeah get on this helicopter i gotta take you to see your dad i don't know right something like that but maybe she is in trouble too and can't tell it because the other Mm -hmm. they they would try to rescue everybody on the campus which is probably what they would do or they would tell felix who would do the same thing so maybe she couldn't do it as overtly as that but yeah it's a little bit mysterious what happened here but also after 10 years it feels a little ridiculous that just some walkers could get in there and wreak havoc on everything through a brick wall too like they show that the br- a brick wall has been destroyed and right. this is the thing i have like i of all of this of the first two episodes my biggest problem besides the triceratops horn on the end of a spear is what what the hell just happened at the end of episode one and yeah so is the college campus now completely gone did they do that zombie trope thing of perfectly functional society breaks down as soon as <laughs> we get not. to know it. <laughs> now <you> not. Know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So yeah. I, I have a lot of questions about that. And I, I don't know if they're going to answer them in a way that's going to satisfy me because it felt like it came out of nowhere. This place felt so safe. Right? There wasn't even like right. a hint of danger except that there were three walkers outside the, the gate when they drove their buses to the hel- helipad. And why isn't the right. helipad inside the wall? <laughs> Jesus, right. it's a college uh, campus. Agreed. And I do think that, I mean, a couple of the little touches they did do about the society monument day and Mm -hmm. feast day. And I did like those little touches where you're figuring out how this society works and how they've made things important in this new time when so many people have died. Um, because, you know, it's, it's some, one of those things, which again is why I'm a little bit skeptical of, of the Iris Hope PTSD um, situation because it does feel like this particular society is talking about those things and even you see when, when Elton and Hope and Iris and Silas are you know sort of forming their, their bonds as a survival troop they do talk about that stuff very openly in a way that apparently nobody like it, like it just feels like that is now a little bit convenient but I do like how they're talking about society in a different way elton is very much like (laughs) he's like we're over in in class yeah he's just like Uh, i just want to see what the world is like before it's all gone um yeah and and like we have 15 years left as a species it's super matter of fact and they even talk about how matter of fact they are about the end of the world and i right i kind of like that too yeah so i thought that those were some nice touches um that feels like they could could have built on that but now we will never know because maybe they've totally gotten rid of this (laughs) 
whole different society. Um, but anyway, so I, again, there, there's a few things that I like about it. Obviously, because it's Walking Dead, I'm going to watch the whole thing. I'm wondering if newer fans or if the fan base that maybe they're trying to attract, which might be younger people, will not be as into this because it does feel a little, a little weak, in my opinion. Well, but, I mean, just looking at the, the numbers they had for the pilot, 1.6 million viewers for Brave, which was the pilot, and 1.04 for the yeah. second episode. By comparison, the Prime show had five, almost 5.5 million for the pilot and 4.7 for the second. Fear, which broke records, had 10.1 million for, the, for mm-hmm. its pilot and 6.6 for the second episode. So they, it's... I mean, it's like at one. It's like a ten percent of uh, of what Fear did. So right. you might argue right away that the zeitgeist is over. It is twenty twenty though. Things are weird. I mean, well, that's that's also what I was thinking. Is that even to get? I was. I will admit to you, I hadn't kept an eye on when this was supposed to premiere. So mm-hmm. when you said, "Hey, we should do this," I was like, "Oh, is that? All, is it that time already?" Right. <laughs> so I think that a lot of people are not necessarily paying attention to that, and so maybe they'll gain some. Maybe when people, I will say, maybe a binge watch of this might be better. They might be better off once the story sort of unfold a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think that it's tough to get the traction right now because people are just i mean look i think just people are exhausted and maybe watching a thing about the human race ending isn't necessarily what people want to watch it's kind of almost difficult not to be watching stuff like that right now because there are a couple of other shows uh what's it called there's one called get to the lake or to the lake or something like that which is a russian show about a disease that is killing moscow uh, well, and, there's, and, and then there's another one called The Barricade about Spain, and that one's not about a disease. I think it's just about World War Three. but oh my gosh, it's just everywhere. Well, in Utopia, right? That's and another... Utopia. I'm already past that, yeah, but Utopia right. is very similar. Well, I felt a little bit the same way. Uh, did you ever, it's like, I think it's called like Station Eleven. Did you ever read this book? I don't know. Um, so. so this book came out in... Um, Uh, I want to say a couple of years ago. No, sorry, longer than that. It came out in 2014. And everybody kept recommending this book to me because it was about a pandemic. And unfortunately for me, I didn't get around, and I should say, sorry, it's by Emily St. John Mandel. And basically... I can see why people kept recommending this to me. It is about a pandemic. It's written in a pretty interesting way. However, I made the poor decision to read this sort of at the peak of the pandemic <laughs> here. And um, one of my friends had also, I saw that she wrote on uh, on Instagram or whatever that she was also reading it at the same time. And I messaged her and I said, hey, so are you having as tough of a time as I am with this? Because some of it's a little bit, it's it's a this particular pandemic that they describe in this book is much more virulent than COVID, but it has a lot of the same, you know, markers and things and how people react and a little too close to home. And so I can, I can see why people um, might have a harder time reading this kind of content or watching this kind of content. That said, I highly recommend this book if you're into, if you're into the zombie pandemic genre. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's an interesting it is a very interesting read, and it's a very interesting read about um, how the human race processes things and how different things could be kept or left or, you know, so it's it's a, 
it's a very good world building book. So um, and connects the characters in an interesting way and what would happen with the different societies. Um, so uh, in any case, it's um, not quite World War Z, but like kind of follows the characters in that way. And so I could see, you know, just similarly with this, like people, especially younger people, might not be wanting to be watching something like this right now. Though it is so far. I mean, look, we're, we're talking about zombies, not a virus, but still. I mean, well, you know. Zombies have only ever been a metaphor, right? I know, I know. But, you know, kids kind of, like, don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so maybe I'm wrong and maybe people will, will, like, come onto this boat later. But it does feel, it does not feel like, it, at least for me, and maybe I am not the intended audience, honestly. Um, but it, did, it didn't pull me in the way Fear the Walking Dead did. And I had a lot of issues with Fear the Walking Dead. But there were some compelling, there were some really compelling characters and storylines uh, in that. Enough dude, to keep The first me few episodes of that show yeah. were great i mean i was over the moon with how it was developing until they did the jump and then right right so anyway um but anyway obviously we're going to continue watching this and we will we will review it into the ground Um, and h have you seen the first episode of fear the walking dead season six I have not yet. I I focused on this because I'll admit to you, I was worried about like confusing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I was trying to keep pretty, them. I mean, they're very different stories, but I know. I will I recommend know. it. I think that um, I think it's good. In any case, if you like these episodes or have comments about them, I would love to hear them. We would love to hear them. So send us a note at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us reanimatedpcast is our our twitter handle or you can leave a note on our website reanimatedpodcast.com um and i'm curious to hear what what fans what zombie fans walking dead fans in general have to say about this maybe i'm being a little too hard on it so we'll see what do you think Stuart? i think it's worth watching and i think that there's more ground to cover literally (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I still believe that Scott Gimple can be a good storyteller, and so I'm going to wait and see how that shows itself. All right. Well, we will reserve until the next time, which may be a couple weeks from now, uh, but we will catch up with the next two episodes then. So until next time, ciao. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>